Hello, and welcome to the Multiplier's Leadership Podcast. A multiplier is someone being transformed into the image of Christ for the sake of neighbors and nations. In this podcast, we are connecting uncommon leaders like you to relationships and resources that will help you multiply the Great Commandment and the Great Commission in your everyday life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multiplier's Leadership Podcast. Uh, we are so excited to be back with you. We are with our founder, Josh Foliart. And uh, we are blessed with the current Secretary of Transformation and Shared Services, uh, Joseph Woods. So, Joseph, welcome to the podcast. Hey, good to be here and uh, see you, pa- uh, Brother Elder and, and, and my pastor, Pastor Foliar. Good to be here <laughs> with you guys. We we are so, so grateful uh, to have you on this, on this podcast. And you and I have known each other for, I think it's been over a decade now. Uh, maybe, maybe approaching two decades, we're getting old, but you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm grateful because uh, we got to reconnect in a very real way in an executive cohort that uh, we host through multiply that you were a part of. And that was such a blessing to have you in that group of 10 men, Mm. uh, weekly, um, man, thank you for being here. Thank you for, uh, joining us on this podcast. And I just want to kick this off by giving our listeners just a little bit of context and, and, and having you share some of, some of your story. And when you and I were in a conversation prior, it kind of came through that, you know, Moses is your guy because you, you resonate and identify <laughs> with Moses. I, mm. I would call you a modern day Moses. And <laughs> I'll see it. Yeah, I'm going to affirm wow. it out of the gate. Wow. And so share with us this story, um, Chicago, cold night, and how, yep. how that, that origin story of Joseph Woods shaped you into the man that you are mm-hmm. currently. Just give our listeners sure. a little bit of context before we get into mm-hmm. details of what you do and how you do it. So so a uh, little less than 15 years ago, the laws in Illinois changed and said, if you ever adopted, and I was adopted, that you can have your original birth certificate. I'm thinking, wow, my whole life, I wanted to know who my birth parents are. If I get my original birth certificate, I'll know who they are and I can search and let them know, hey, I'm yeah. here, well, I'm fine, yeah. thank you, you gave me life. They sent it to me, but it was a foundling certificate. I never heard of the word foundling. I looked it up and it says that you were abandoned. You were found. Wow. You were found on this day. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's the day I celebrated my birthday. They said, no, that's just the day you were found. Mm-hmm. You were found on this day at this address by this man, Caesar Johnson, and taken into orphanage by this doctor. And that just blew me away. I was just stunned. I'm 45, 46 years old. And you're telling me my whole life that that's not my birthday. I was fine. So I said, uh, after two weeks of struggling with all this, I got to find this doctor who accepted me into the orphanage and see if he remembers anything more. Mm. There's a research. Mm. I found him. He had died in 1999. Mm. I wonder, can I find a guy who found me, did all the research. And the very first number I called, it was, it was Cesar Johnson. Mm. He was 80 years old, a Korean veteran, and he was blown away. He, he, he was, he said, man, that had to be over 50 years ago. And I'm bawling at this point. No, <laughs> it was it was only 45 <laughs> years ago. It was 45 years ago. But he tells a story. It was one of the coldest days in Chicago, snow and ice outside. Uh, he had just put his wife and kids to bed. He was a nice supervisor uh, at a Campbell's, Campbell's Soup Manufacturing Plant, which I remember uh, growing up. But anyway, he said he was put them to bed. He put his coat and scarf on and he walked outside of his apartment complex and there was a box with a blanket moving. And he didn't know what it was. He thought it was a pet or animal. And so he took his foot to move the blanket. The blanket moved wow. and he saw it was a kid mm-hmm. in there. 
he's looking up and down the street and he's, he can't see really because it's nighttime, the snow and ice is blowing. So he picked the box up carefully and walked back into the apartment complex, woke his wife, woke his neighbors. They walked around the neighborhood trying to figure out where this kid came from. And a few hours later, they got the Chicago police to come by and they were asking questions. They walked around the neighborhood and they said, hey, you saved this kid. We're going to take him to an orphanage downtown. Mm. And uh, that's what they did. And that was that was the beginning of my 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 story, my journey, my life. Your your birth, your found. That's so wild. So mm-hmm. wild. And so how has that story, and I know some of the backstory, but uh, fast forward a little bit, how, how is that impacting your life currently and has mm-hmm. shaped you up yeah. until this? Oh, man, it was it was it's a, a lot of struggle in that growing and teen yeah. and teen years in particular, you know, identification, oh, yeah. who you are, puberty, regular stuff that every, yeah. every kid grows yeah. through and t- but to add on the fact that you were given up for adoption, so I thought mm-hmm. uh, uh, that it was a struggle. And now I started wrestling with, well, was she a prostitute? Right. Uh, was she was she uh, in an interracial relation that wasn't acceptable? Was she too young? Was she too old? Was am I a product of incest or, or molestation or something? And I processed each one of those as a teen, which made that struggle more. The only ch- piece that got me through was writing notes to the to the lord just helping me uh, how do why why me this whole thing and it gets to a point where i would say i guess it didn't matter she had me it didn't matter she had me and so i went on and that's the stuff that got me through my my writing to the lord and and processing it that way until uh um uh <laughs> about a year ago i end up finding them i found my birth wow. family and man it has been the most um, unbelievable uh, journey to have my kids unravel and see all this unfold before them, let alone before me, yes. uh, has just been um, unreal. So, on top of all the responsibilities and work that I have, and raising girls yep. and getting them married, and now got grandkids <laughs> and all, it's just been a, a, a unbelievable journey for me. And Lord is just blessed from the very beginning. And so mm. it's it's a fresh blessing, a fresh thing in your life to have found your birth parents. Mm. Well, now they both have passed, yes. but to come, but, but, but to know all it's a huge family, yeah. unbelievable, huge family mm-hmm. and, and to be at family reunions mm-hmm. and now starting to kind of get a sense of, okay, now I get a sense of where my, some of this comes right. from or some of the medical pieces that I, whenever I went to the doctor growing up, I just turn around, give them the papers back. Cause I don't have, you know, normally that medical history. Tell us about your medical history yes. from uh, A through yep. Z. I didn't have anything because I didn't have any tie in now. Now I can get p- and pick up some of that and help my daughters and etc. Okay, so let me let me dig just w- one layer deeper here. Sure. How yeah, do yeah. you reconcile these two stories, these two narratives that have played mm-hmm. out, and and over the past year, bringing them together in a very real way like never before? And how sure. old are you today, Joseph? Oh, 58. 58. Okay, fifty eight. Fifty eight. You're having these discoveries and these, I mean, these moments. Sure. How are you reconciling these two worlds? Well, I, I when I got saved, that's when the Lord clearly helped me understand that I've been with you from the very beginning. You've been searching for your father, that's and I've been here. And so that 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 it really did. You watch out now. It helped me. It is. It blessed me. And it helped me. And so, if I never found them, mm-hmm. I knew I had yeah. him. And he and and he ushered it, and wow. so I I, want, I always wanted to make sure I would be a good father yeah. 
because I didn't know. I, even though I had great people who foster care and adopted me and uh, this whole piece, but now he um, um, unveiled and said, I know what your heart has been desiring all these years, but in my time, because hmm. I'm sitting here thinking, could I re- received and accepted and, and been able to really process all of what I'm experiencing right now when I was 15, 16 and wanting That's to know, word. I wanted to know so bad. Ooh, it's so, so much even now for me to grab, grapple with, et cetera. And so uh, I reconcile it with because he's still there. He's just kind of, again, showing how he how he does it, how he blesses, how he said he was going to be there. And, and yes, there's questions I still have. I want I want to talk to her. I want to talk to my dad and they're not here. So, again, in time, I'll have that because I'll be with them in glory. Yes. But uh, for right now, he is he has helped me navigate and get through this piece as well. Wow. And so I know you talked about writing to the Lord earlier. I know you're a writer. Yes. And mm-hmm. you're certainly what we would call a multiplier. You've taken your story and you're like, I want to be a man who is shaped into the image of Christ for the sake of others, right? Yeah. That's that's what your life is right. all about. And you've written some mm. books and they're children's books, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Joey's that's Journey. Correct. Come that's on. Correct. That's exactly right. That's Tell right. About- and that Joey's Journey series was a... As my kids were finding out about this as I was, Dad, you were only five pounds when you were when you were found. And so I'm learning like they are. Right. So they're yeah. being real. And then they were like, Dad, you gotta write your story. You yes. gotta write. Wow. And I'm like, but how do I write my story? Because I don't know the beginning of it. I don't know how I got to the stairs of this mm. of this man, this apartment complex. I met the man yeah. and he tells how the yeah. story. But I don't know how I write this story if I don't know the beginning. And at two in the morning one night, I just woke up one morning. I just woke up and I wrote three stories and I wrote it for Joey. Joey is my second grandson. Okay. My oldest is Brian. His baby brother is Joey. And now we got little Anna, who's a couple of years old now. But I woke up at two in the morning. I said, I got to write a story that Joey would understand that this is where he comes from. This is our story. We're the only tree. We're the beginning. And he's some leaves on this wow. tree. And I wrote, I wrote three stories in one morning, mm. and it was leaving joy, saving joy, and adopting joy. Leaving joy was who I had in my head, who I thought was uh, uh, my mother. I thought she was a young teen mm-hmm. who had a kid and, and walked down the street crying, tears freezing on her face, and pulled a basket out of her closet, wrapped him in blankets, and walked through the street and said, I got to get him to a place where he would be okay. Yeah. And she knew she couldn't take care of him, but she loved this kid. So she put him in front of this apartment complex, hid behind a tree as she cried and waited for somebody to come out. Mm. That was leaving joy. Saving joy is a story I just shared with yep. your audience that the guy's coming out and and he saved this mm-hmm. kid, Joy, as she turns and walks on away. And then adopting joy tells a story of the, a couple of folks who could not have kids after five years of marriage and says, let's go to the orphanage wow. to adopt a little girl, a foster little girl. They get there and she sees all these kids, wants all of them, says, no, I want to foster this little boy. When the authors, uh, the publishers got them, they said three children's stories. The leaving joy, though, the one of leaving a kid, that is just too hard, we think, for little people to be reading that somebody will leave a kid in the Mm -hmm. streets. 
And my Walmart <laughs> retail side jumped in. I said, but that means they got to buy the second book. <laughs> and, <you see? laughs> and find out You're that he got saved. And they said, yeah, no, no. So saving joy, when you read saving joy, it truly is the meshing mm. of both leaving joy. Cause I put in there this young teen who's walking down the street uh, and, and leaves this mm-hmm. kid in the basket in real life. It was a box, but for the children's yeah. book, I said it was a basket. Yeah. Uh, and then, then the, uh, adopting joy is a story of again, mother who's a teacher and dad construction work. They couldn't have kids. So they thought after five years of marriage, they, my mother finally says, let's go to the orphanage and we can foster a little girl. And my dad was excited, ecstatic because he hated coming home from work at the building in the large part of the city because she put him back to work. She wanted to get pregnant and have a kid <laughs> and he was exhausted. And so they go there and she sees all these kids. And the rest of the story is they start foster caring me. And within a year, she got pregnant. Mm. And then a year after that, she got pregnant again. And when a year after that, she got. Mm. So I have three siblings right up under me. Boom, boom, boom. Because that's how the Lord does it. He said, I heard you. You said you want a house full of kids. I got an assignment. I want mm. you to go get this kid out of the orphanage first. Wow. Uh, and Come give her a house full. What a story. And I know we're just skimming the, the surface of all the yes. details. But thank you for for sharing no, that. We'll, we'll put a, a link in the show notes for you to go purchase the book because you're going to want to get these books. There's three of them, right? Three of them, yeah. The, the, well, it's only it's only two oh. because the publishers really okay. wanted to mesh leaving joy and saving. Okay. Right. So it's saving joy and adopting joy. Up, yep. And so, yes, yes, I love yes. It. And that, can I give this one? T- Please. T- so I wrote that book probably 15 years, these books 15 years ago when I found about Mr. Caesar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, I told you I just found my birth family mm-hmm. and the detective who told me that they found them. Here's how they knew they found them. I was found at 635 or 637 Marquette Road. My mom lived at 525 Marquette Road, wow. one block away. It was almost like she literally probably walked down the street, knew the family, knew people were there and, and left me there. Probably was hiding, probably knew. But I didn't know that. So I'm like, Lord, well, I, I wrote so, this book 15 yeah. years ago. I didn't know any of this. How did you know that? He said, because you were there. I was there. Wow. And it was just a, as a, a providence revelation. How did I know mm-hmm. that it was a young, and she was 21 when she had me. I was I, a baby of four. I love, the, the thing I'm loving the most about this is that God is putting men like you in government in this season of history. I thank mm-hmm. God for your story mm-hmm. because it resonates. And if God can do it with Joseph Wood, right? If he can pick Ooh, you up. Come on, come on. Yeah, and, that's right. And turn you into a man that has sure. such a, a, I would just call it a, a divine destiny and purpose on your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's willing to do it with anyone. So, man, I love that. Sure. I, I agree. And Joseph, we, we'd love to hear um, kind of more of really even just the continuation of the journey. I know there's a lot of great impactful moments that happen in Chicago um, but for your current role of the Secretary of Transformation and Shared Services, obviously you didn't end up there overnight. You've been in both the, pub- the public and the private sector, very yeah. successful in a lot of those, obviously an author. The list really goes on for um, really your achievements, but um, I know it didn't just accidentally happen. You didn't get there quickly and overnight, like I said. So um, are there really just tell us what it took to get there. Tell, tell us a little bit more of what did it take to be where you're at right now? Um, and maybe sure. some principles to help kind of keep you um, keep you grounded in that spot. 
Well, the first one was Mama told me. <laughs> Mama told That's how I got okay. into this. My, okay. I got into leadership kind of by default. Okay. Uh, again, I was the oldest. So when you're the oldest, yep. you have a responsibility. Right. Yep. You, you're supposed to act like you got some sense because your brothers and sisters are watching yep. you. Yep. And yep. <laughs> so you, you, it's kind of built yep. in when you're the oldest. That was number one. Number two, uh, at about 10, when I was adopted, mom and dad was going through a divorce. Mom said, I had to pick up another job. You have a responsibility to take care of your brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. What I wanted to tell my mother is these are not my kids, they're your kids. <laughs> but, but you I did didn't do that. You're a wise man. Even at 10, you're being wise. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but so I said, okay, so you said, you just keep an eye on response. Well, a couple of years in, she said, um, uh, I'm sitting here, what will I do? And I started a young teens group, a teenage group in my community in Chicago in Jeffrey Manor, which is route with drugs and, and uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, gangs. And it, it had grew so fast as teen club. It was called teen. TNT, Teens mm -hmm. Together. TNT, Teens Together. The church gave me keys to the fellowship hall. Anytime you need to bring everybody Let's together, go. you can be at this fellowship hall. And it it just grew because parents were looking for a safe place for their kids and an option, an outlet. Well, my mother also told me, you will do this the rest of your life. You need to be engaged where you live. Mm. Now, again, I was doing it because she told me, well, I went on to college. I came back home and I started looking at some of the same places I lived. Like, why is it still broken? Why is this? And I just jumped in. I became a local school council board member. I jumped in and uh, uh, other nonprofits helping in the community. Uh -huh. And this just became part of the fabric. After work, jumped right back in and, and uh, uh, did those type of work, citizens against taxes and all this type of thing. Came to Arkansas and I just kept doing it because this is where I lived. Yeah. And uh, eventually a guy ran for secretary of state said, Hey, would you be my deputy secretary? And I'm like, hold on. You, you, you guys will pay me to do this. My mother never told me you get paid to do this stuff. <laughs> Everybody that's listening to this and, had to work for a nonprofit. Oh, I get my, paid. It's like, yeah, you, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I, and this, and so he said, yeah, you'll get paid. And so he won and we got sworn in. Mm -hmm. And two weeks later I got my paycheck and I said, so we really don't get paid. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> he started laughing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, that, that just started that work. And I had spent some years at Walmart and, and Home Depot doing exec development and leadership and HR with them and a uh, secretary of state's office. Then I got asked to run for county judge and bring some of that stuff I was doing in secretary's mm -hmm. office, transforming elections and business uh, businesses and um, bring that to the county. And so we had a um, very robust uh, election one, uh, first black judge in Arkansas County judge in Arkansas's history. Wow. Uh, first, mm -hmm. first, uh, Republican judge in 40 years in Washington County. But we were able to go in and bring a lot of people together, Democrats and Republicans to say, yes, how do we do better with the money that we are, we've been entrusted with? How do we do better with our infrastructure? And so we did a lot there. Well, I ran for lieutenant governor about a year ago. Uh, I lost. But I was running and the governor was running. And after she saw me losing, she said, no, you're going to be on my cabinet. She asked me to to be a uh, part of her cabinet and to do what I did at the secretary of mm -hmm. state's office in the county to help transform government. So come on. This is what you and I'm sitting here transform. But she said, this is your life. This is what you've been doing. Your whole, This is your process. Whether you call it that or not, this is what you've mm -hmm. done. You've been, you're mm -hmm. able to bring folks together and see where the vision and the mission is and help drive them toward that. And that's what I need you to do wow. here. And so that's that role that I have. I get a chance to work with the governor and uh, her other 14 cabinet members. I'm one of the cabinet mm -hmm. and really say, OK, you have corrections or you have education. But how can we figure out how to buy better in the state as opposed to everybody buying their yeah, own? Work how together. can we do 
you know, public safety and do it better and, and, and reduce the footprint, be more efficient, cut out waste, et cetera. So that's the role that I have. I was just going to ask on, you, you mentioned being the first black judge, the first black Republican in Washington County. Um, talk about the obstacles that you've had along the way, whether it be race or Republican, or just give us a little snapshot of what you've had sure. to overcome um, in your journey to get to kind of where you are well, right, right now. And, and we've yeah. heard your story. You've already overcome a lot. But then you arrive on the public scene, and I'm sure there were some obstacles. Oh, yeah. It's a little different on the public because in the private, you have yeah. shareholders and you have yeah. a responsibility. You got to show, you know, show value, yeah. et cetera. And the public sector, I brought that same mentality. I, yeah, just because we've always done it, that doesn't get us the efficiency to the real uh, stewardship of the what's been entrusted to us. We got to give it back better. And, and so I'm bringing that in. And so it, it was a stretch because mm-hmm. I'm challenging the status quo. Mm-hmm. I'm asking questions that you don't ask that question or, right. no, it's good enough for government work. No, that's not good enough for me, though, because, again, I am a taxpayer as well before I got into public and I wanted if my dollars being spent well type of thing. Uh, I yeah, think the good. challenges, though, are a number of things. And I, have I been out in, in some of the county areas and been uh, accosted by folks who said something like, hey, I'm a racist. You need to you need to not talk to me. I have. Mm. Um but at the end, it just caused me to dig in even more yeah. that we're better than that. Yeah. And the, in the rest of the county, this may be one individual. I'm not going to paint the whole entire right. uh, folks who look different than me that yeah. way because I wouldn't be in that position if it was yeah, that way. Right. Um, and so anyway, again, the vision crosses across everybody. We want a better county and we get a better county by having exemplary leaders providing exemplary services. And that's what drew people. And then they voted for me a second time. So, again, uh, the challenges are always going to be there. And if it wasn't race, it would be because of, no. you're in the opposite party. Yeah. It, it's going to be you're not you're not in the right. Part. But at the end, when I'm building a road, it doesn't say Republican or Democrat. It says build a road. Right. We got to get an ambulance across. We got to get a school bus across. Uh, I, yes, I'm pretty conservative. I, I stand on faith, freedoms, and family. That's kind of my mm-hmm. my mantra and, and has been my whole life because faith is what got me through. Mm-hmm. It's been about family who accepted me and brought me in twice adopted, adopted into Christ's yeah. family yep. and then adopted. Yep. And, then, and then, and the freedoms. Freedoms mean for me, it is how do I help you as a family? How do I help you as a business to do what you need to do without me as government or public interfering? Uh, so being engaged community, people are going to be a lot more responsive to community than they will government. You know who you, who's in your community, yeah. who's shepherding that food pantry and not this faceless group that say in DC. So envision unites, right? I, I think it does. Unites. Absolutely. That's what the word talks about. Vision unites. Uh, yeah. And without vision, we perish without it. Perish. We perish. We perish. So exactly thank you right. for bringing vision and, and plowing yeah. forward in the face of, uh, adversity, obstacle, adversity, and there's always the crazies out there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there, you guys will appreciate this. <clears throat> you appreciate this piece. So, walking through that journey in Chicago is one thing. Coming to Arkansas, I just love this fact that we used to be the diamond state, and we still are the diamond state. Yeah. Only a handful of uh, public uh, entities where you can come and dig for your own right. diamonds here in yeah. Arkansas. Uh, but you just don't go there and pick up diamonds. You got to dig for it. Dig. You got There's a process, and therein lies the challenges, mm-hmm. the adversity, the transformation. That's us as people, but that's us as a state. How do we work through all that? Because we can come shining through 
I think the Lord knows that. That's why we have to stay on this journey and keep pressing because we'll learn more about who we are through him and he'll reveal, hey, I got a plan for you and purpose for you. But you can't know it unless you stay on that right, journey. Yeah. And deal with the adversity, come up with the pressure and that time and pressure yields the diamond. I think that's some really good insight for all of us. And um, to be able to see your journey, you know, Joseph, I, I keep being encouraged with just the resilience that you have to continue to push mm. forward um, and and really to see what needs to be done, how to bring people together around whatever that is um, in the community, private private or public sector. Um, but but for you, I, I know you, you have to continue to to grow your your own self in that. And you're, yep. I mean, you've stepped into several roles that you've never done before, um, and said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to step right in and fill this gap." Um, what helps you continue to develop your your own self, your own leadership development. Now, obviously, you're pouring out a lot to others, but sure. at the same time, yep. you know, maybe you come up and you're like, "Man, I don't know if I have the right thing to pour out." So, <laughs> how do you how do you grow in that area, um, being this far in your career? Uh, I reference a lot when I go out and speak to groups and all about the Wizard of Oz, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. That story, because mm-hmm. uh, it was a story that I loved as a kid growing up, and would always want to read it or watch it on TV. And then the movies came and then it was the whiz with the Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, because to me, it really did illustrate going through adversity and challenges. But at the end of it, they're still pressing through their journey and that's staying on it. So for me, it is to constantly be on this journey. My mother was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. I taught for a while. So I'm a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. I, I know that the only way I can continue to to be, try to be responsible and try to shepherd and lead folks is to make sure that I'm sharpening my iron. And yeah. so when yeah. Pastor Foliar hit me up, I think in November, December, say, hey, we're going to put a, a cohort together and all. I'm like, yep, I'm in. And this is before I knew I was going to be moving down into the central Arkansas yeah. and doing stuff with the governor. Um, and so, that it, hey, we're going to do it online. You can do it down there. So, But that's just me. I'm in, I'm in a group now, Kairos. Yeah. Um, um, Kairos now, and I'm in maybe week three. So I'm always wanting mm-hmm. to continue to learn and, sh- and and be better, get closer with Christ. So again, it helps me when I'm going out there to face the giants and deal with whatever obstacles are out there and pour out to others. I think that's a some great insight for all of us as to how to continue to to grow and develop yourself because it could be easy, could be really easy at this point in your career, at least from my perspective, to just coast and be like. We're good. It's government no. work, as you said earlier. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the way <laughs> right, that you right, think, right. and that's one of the reasons that no, I really, no. really appreciate you um, and what you've done for the state of Arkansas. I'm really grateful. So, if if um, if we were to take a snapshot back over your career, okay, mm-hmm. um, and and also just into your future, you know, what yeah. what does what does Joseph Wood want to be known for? What 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 legacy would you like to? What mark would you like to leave wow. um, through? I know it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, that word legacy was man. It's I, for for public service. I really would like to be seen or known as a um, not just a servant leader, but a statesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when I think when people talk about, and I think in our cohort, I talk about Frederick Douglass being this mentor, a dead poet, yeah. if you will of mine. I never met and all, but um, somebody like a, a Frederick Douglass or a uh, Abraham Lincoln, I don't think people call them politicians. I really do think that they're considered statesmen, mm-hmm. people who fought the good fight against even odds or people inside of their own circles to say, no, for the greater good of this country, 
this is how we need to operate and do. And and for the President Lincoln to say, Douglas, I need to have your your voice into yeah. where I'm trying to head mm-hmm. and and to receive that. That's that's powerful. So so from the uh, freedom side or the public service side, I want to be known as uh, a statesman, a, a a builder, if you will, of people, community, uh, uh, country, if you yes. will. For family, I want to. I want if if anything that Daddy loved us and we knew it without a shadow mm-hmm. of a doubt. He told us, he showed us, he exemplified it. He was an example for it. Um, he and 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 through that, it's the family piece because we watched him for his whole life. Before we got here, he's been searching for this family piece, mm-hmm. and now we found the family piece. He's tied us all into that. My daughter just briefly had a, 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 a my oldest has felt some lumps and mm-hmm. felt you know, breast cancer. And she got a little nervous about it, started going through it. And then I hear from her. She had a day before the final results of the testing and she hadn't called. And I'm asking my wife, have you mm-hmm. heard nothing? And that's not like her. I'm pretty tight with all my girls. My son-in-law is calling and saying, hey, she's just pretty quiet. And yeah. uh, But she's always on the phone. When the results come in, the day ends, she calls. Hey, Dad. I'm like, where have you been? You haven't talked. <laughs> she said, well, I got through it all. I said, how? Yeah. She said, Auntie Diane. Auntie Diane is my biological sister wow. that we just connected in the past year. My mother died of breast cancer at 36 years mm-hmm. old, my biological mother. Wow. And so for me, when I found that as she passed, number one at 36, but a breast cancer, I got three daughters. So I become heightened yeah, aware. Course. Well, now my daughter has a lumps and all she's nervous about. She's talking to her auntie that she just within the past year wow. and her auntie is what helped her get through it. So it was worth all the struggles of my journey mm. just for them to have that, that connection. Because if I'm not here, she's got she's got family who's got history who can help work her through whatever that is. Mm. I'm getting told. Man, that's personal. But that's wow. that's the power for that. That's so anyway to be the legacy, if you will, is to, that he was about family. He was about his faith, which has navigated him from the very beginning mm-hmm. before he even knew he had yeah. faith because <laughs> God had his hand on me in the very beginning in that box, uh, his family, and then the freedoms, which being the statesman and mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. be a good example. Uh, I, I love the the distinguish the distinguishment between a politician and a statesman. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I really, really like that. And I've never heard that. And that's so right on. And that's that's really who you are. I don't want to be known. I really don't want to be known as a politician. I I, I can't stand because they drive me insane. I, well, I don't know how anybody uh, could look at you and, and not think that you're that <laughs> of a statesman, Joseph. Like wow. there's there's no doubt about that already about you. It, it's already true of you. Well, those are the three. Oh, that's uh, good. If, if, I, if we can leave we're that. Sitting here, yeah. We're sitting here just processing all that you just said <laughs> and thinking, yeah. man, that we, we, want, we want the same thing, right? We want it's to true. fight for a cause that matters, yep. you know, to, that's to right. be men of honor, integrity, mm-hmm. um, yes. fighting for our families. And to bring them into right. the story, too, is mm-hmm. to bring them into the story. I love... I love the way you framed your story and even the way that God sequenced your story where your daughters got to watch you in the process oh. of learning all of this. You, you can't right. script that story. No, you can't. You couldn't no. have written uh, that story. And I'm sure there was a lot of pain and hurt and, and confusion. Oh, sure. You know, John Eldridge talks a lot about, you know, men, most men are like, are like, uh, people who have arrived 45 minutes late to a movie. To a movie. They yeah. know something important that's happening. <laughs> Not but sure what. They don't know exactly what, right? Yeah. And they're like, mm, something's going mm. on here. I don't know the plot. And that's kind of how you lived your life. 
wow. for so long. That's right. That's right. And then all of a sudden, God brought some answers to you, to your family. And, you know, I just can't get the phrase out of my head for such a time as this. Is this? That's right. That's the 414. I, I, that's been one of those. Oh, again, and she was adopted. Yeah. You know, and uh, again, the furthest thing from her mind was being a queen, let alone mm-hmm. leading her her people because they were supposed to be eradicated. Yes. And, and her, 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 her uncle's like, well, hey, you wanted them too. Do yeah. you think you're going to be saved mm-hmm. by yeah. all this? I, 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 you couldn't have told me, let alone that I would be a judge or, mm-hmm. or be on the governor's cabinet. I wanted that for me to, to, to do what we did in Chicago and, and work with those teenagers, uh, and, and, and really kind of save them because we, mm-hmm. we really did coalesce and bring folks together. That was a, that was a lot. But for the Lord to say, I got more and I didn't know, mm. just stay on your journey, just keep pressing. Uh, again, I've been blessed. He can take me off this earth right now. My yeah. wife hates me saying that, but he can take me off right <laughs> we now. Don't like it and I've like blessed life. <laughs> <laughs> we want to stay on your wife's good side, it, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, I, to, I, I couldn't imagine having, you know, three daughters and two son-in-laws and three grandkids, and um, and they all have just thrived and, and doing well. But again, they've watched all this with me. We've gone through it together, mm-hmm. if you will. And normally when we talk about stories to our kids, they just have to go on the journey. You know, when uh, Pastor, when you talk about, hey, when you were a kid, they're just kind of walking down the journey with you. And they may ask granddad or grandma, is that true? Did daddy do? For me, it was all being revealed at the same time. Hey, here's some notes. Well, that, that's so what that's, I wanted that's, to ask about is, um, yeah, is just the you've talked a few times about bringing the family into the journey. And so, so how oh, yeah. do you do that as a, as a husband, as a father and say, Hey, let me into even just the parts that are even some of the vulnerable parts and some of the insecurity oh, yeah. and, and wrestle. Yep. Like um, obviously you know, wow. there's a different approaches in parenting and all those things, but I'd love just to hear your that's own right. processing right. and, and how you've done that or balance that. Cause I don't think, you're the only one that's been in that seat before. And I, and I would love to hear yeah. just your approach. I would say it's two, two, I had two points. My mother who adopted me, um, I always wanted to know about my birth family. And so when they adopted me at 10 years old, 11 years old, I said, well, can we tell my birth family that I'm okay and all that? She said, what one time? Well, eleven years. I'm asking again. She said, "Well, why don't you wait till you're 18? We can search for him and all this. You'll be of age where you mm-hmm. can go. You know, like military. You can go. We can search it." Well, at 18, she just went into a meltdown. It was so hard for her to to. Was I not a good mother? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna leave me? And I, and I ain't understand any of that. I'm, I'm no. I don't want another woman telling me what to do. I just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm good with that thing. I'm ready to go to college and do my thing. And, and but I didn't understand that. So so. But when I got married and had kids, then it made sense. All she was doing is being a parent, protecting. Mm-hmm. Her kid from the unknown. She didn't know what I would find. She didn't know because she didn't have any inf- any information yeah, right. either. But I didn't understand that because I wasn't a parent. I was a young eighteen year old who wanted what I wanted, just like most seven and eighteen yeah. year old. Right? Yeah. That's just what. Well, now fast forward to when I had my when my daughter turned thirteen, fourteen. She was pushing and asking questions. I'm like, but you're not old enough to understand yeah. all that. Stop talking to me, Dad, like I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm not a baby. Mm-hmm. You get to, and that's when it hit me. I got to be a little bit more open and transparent. 
And then, so what happens when you do that is no longer you're sitting on the pedestal mm-hmm. now. Dad does have some vulnerabilities. Dad does make mistakes. Yeah. Mamas huge. often calls him out on those mistakes. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's just how those yeah. things work. But I think therein lies where it started with me to be more open about this journey piece. I love the folks who, who, uh, who adopted me. And, I, and here's, here's the piece. I think I may have shared this with on the cohort cohort group. I was always in love with uh, my f- people who adopted me, who fostered it and then adopted me. I've all because they gave me a life. But I ha- I have not I have to de- give deference to obviously the Lord who said, I've given you a mom and a dad who gave you life. Mm-hmm. So the people who gave me life, my biological mother and father, I've always loved them. Regardless, I didn't know any of this until last year. If she, even if she was a prostitute or even if she was in an interracial, even if I'm a product and said, she gave me life. Mm-hmm. Mr. Caesar, the guy who found me said, mm-hmm. you know, you keep talking about that. She must have loved you because she put you in a place where you can be mm-hmm. found. She could have left you in a plastic bag and left you in the alley and I wouldn't have known, mm-hmm. found you. So I told my dad this past Father's Day, uh, the one who adopted me, you know, it had to happen the way that it did. But because of that, you and mom were able to go into this orphanage and give me a life, mm-hmm. but now I'm making some inroads to the people who gave me life. Mm-hmm. And there's two different, but it's still a, still a love. Yeah. And that's Lord. He's created all of it and he'll deal with and work with all of that. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of, and so that piece right there, I think it helps help my kids understand this is, man, dad is kind of a, you know, and my son-in-laws have said, yep, this is, <laughs> this is what you guys have married into. Um, but I think again, the complexity and the richness mm-hmm. of it, uh, and for them to also maybe be that same way, watching their yeah. father-in-law, who's being just as vulnerable, and they they've gone to the reunions as well, and so they're seeing this unfold right before them, so they can hopefully pick that up to be great dads and be vulnerable as well. That you no, know, you don't, we don't walk on water, and oftentimes our kids think we do. Until mom calls us out and say, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. let, let me ask you this, Joseph, and we'll. Sure. Try to try to bring this to conclusion. I feel like we yeah. can continue talking yeah, yeah. for forever. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> um, you're a leader. You're a statesman, um, and and a man of God. For for such a time as this, you've been purposed and destined. There's a lot of men out there who are in a similar position. Probably not in government. Maybe they are, but mm-hmm. in business or um, education. Um, Talk to us about what, what would advice would you give leaders like yourself, whether they're the same age as you or whether they're younger, uh, maybe they're older. Just what advice would you give um, that are, you know, trying to live a life on purpose, trying to fulfill all sure. that God called them good. Yeah. to do? I'm going to go back to the wizard bot. You got to stay on this journey. And on this journey, you got to be true to you. Mm. You, you got to be true to say, have I learned everything that I've learned? I can learn. Do I have some folks that I can go and 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 uh, sharpen? Iron sharpens mm-hmm. iron. So again, uh, the last thing I need to do is add another thing to my plate. Especially after I committed and said yes, I'll join the cohort. Then next thing I know, I'm being asked to go to Central Arkansas. I'm like, but I need this to grow me and make sure that I'm gonna be ready yeah. for this new venture that I'm about to take in. So if you're running a church, uh, I call it the uh, the the fellowship fueling mm-hmm. up. 
You yeah. know, why why do believers go to church? Really, it's to go and get fueled yeah. up. Uh, uh, so because Monday happens and we need to be making sure we're walking our talk. The talk happens on Sunday and we get in the word. Yeah. But are we living that word? And that's being executed on 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 Monday. So for those who are in business or in church or in nonprofits and all, how do you get fortified? And the only way I think you get fortified is staying in the word. And I, I, I do it daily, every day. Uh, for four years, uh, every day, Sundays, Saturday, with a friend of mine in Louisiana, just uh, hmm. to 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 go through that. That's to went to kick off the day. So I got a little little insulation yeah. from the world yeah. of crazy that's out yeah. there and all. But so that would be the encouragement to one continue to to, to sharpen yourself with others. Uh, that's the first part, and then the second is to again. Um, uh, Give it away, you know, because I, I I believe in the boomerang effect and and uh, or laws of reciprocity mm-hmm. or uh, and, and a good word they talk about. It, I'm gonna give it back to you, measured and shaken and, and over. pouring over. Mm-hmm. But 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 you gotta give yeah. it out. And so uh, the boomerang is you just do what you're supposed to do. Do what's right. Give it give it away, and it'll come back to you. You don't know how. You don't know when. You just gotta know it's gonna come back. Gonna take care of it. That, is. That's a he good does. word, Joseph. And really at the beginning, um, the way that we even opened up and, and Josh a moment ago um, just said that you're like that of a modern day Moses. And whether you want to grab a hold of that or not, um, <laughs> one thing that, that I see true in your story, and, and this is just something that's encouraging me as I've listened and followed you for a while, is you have just such a story of the gospel that's just laid over your life mm. in such a mm-hmm. significant oh, and powerful way both from being adopted twice to to even just the way that you're bringing families from different backgrounds together for a common purpose, a common good, a common mm-hmm. vision. Um, and sure. for you to be able to do that both in the political um, spectrum or that field or public and private sectors, both um, right. and your family as well. Um, and bringing those people into the story um, is just such a view of the gospel. And so for that, from, for me personally, I just want to say thank you for sharing those pieces of your oh, story. Wow. Um, but I know that, that many others are blessed um, because of the story that Lord continues to write, but also how you're living it out as well. And so um, I just want to say thank you um, as we start to wrap up. Josh, any last thoughts before we officially close? My, my thought is, you know, thank you for being a multiplier. And we yeah. want to uh, do anything we can to get in, um, get in alignment with what you're doing and what God's doing through you. Um, and so we'll say this publicly, however we can help. Uh, it's not a Republican Democrat thing. It's a it's, right. a, it's a mankind right. thing, and it's yeah. and it's a, it's a calling. It's so much bigger than what people see. And I see you in that space. I see you living out uh, a calling, not not a job. That's right. Yeah. Um, just taking the next right. right step. So, thanks for sharing your. Did the pastor call it the Kingdom Party? What's that? Uh, he said. He said you got the Democrat Party, you got the Republican Party. He said, but I'm all about the Kingdom Party. Go. I said, go ahead, pastor. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in <laughs> I'm in on that one. I'm I'm all about the kingdom party. Well, uh, Multipliers, thank you again for joining the podcast here with uh, Secretary Wood. And um, we're just so grateful for the time we had together. Uh, Make sure you guys are subscribing and sharing these uh, so we can uh, look out for what's coming next. And once again, we'll talk to you guys soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. To discover more resources, visit MultiplyGlobal.com. We are committed to helping leaders like you become connected to the relationships and resources you need to multiply God's purpose in your everyday life.